Yeah. We're, so we're in episode five of uh, our podcast here, and uh, we're going to talk about the iPhone 14 repairability and uh, maybe talk about some other big news-worthy events in September here. Yep. So um, first, yep, episode five. Again, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, and uh, Amazon Music as well. You can watch us on YouTube. Um, yeah, big December, or uh, not December, September. It was a, a very <laughs> newsworthy September. I don't, I don't know where I am right now, Brandon. <laughs> I, I have, the Mariners, so you, right? You see me, Mariners, <laughs> tonight, close to the playoff, first time in 21 years. I don't know where I am. We're in some sort of alternate universe, so if yeah. I if I mess okay. up this episode with all the information that I'm about to spew out, uh, blame the Mariners for going to the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the the first thing that we were going to talk about is uh, iPhone 14. So Apple uh, did their big announcement with uh, the new I- iPhones coming out. They also have the iWatch coming out and the the new AirPods coming out. Uh, Brandon, did you watch the uh, Apple announcement at all? I didn't watch the announcement, no. Okay. I, so, to sum it up, um, I thought it was really underwhelming, to be honest with you. Usually, they're pr- pretty flashy with everything that they do. Um, this this an- announcement, um, the keynote, was oddly very um, safety-focused. So, they have some cool features coming out when it comes to safety. So, they, so their phones, the iPhone 14s, can uh, connect to satellite. So if you're out on a hike and get lost, you can, and you don't have cell signal, you can connect to a satellite and uh, make a call via a satellite feed. Um, there's also crash detection. So if you're in a car and you get into a crash, your phone will know. Um, and and iWatches can do this now too, which is, so I, I don't want to say that this information isn't, or this new technology isn't cool, um, but the theme that Apple really had for this announcement was uh, buy an iPhone or you're going to die. It's a scary world out there. So so yeah, it's so, so don't, don't worry. I got my iPhone. Not, okay. not a 14 though. No crash detection, but, uh, but in the repair world, um, there was some really interesting things that came out regarding specifically not the iPhone 14 Pro series, but just the iPhone 14 and the 14 Plus. Um, so if you if you go onto iFixit, they did a teardown. Um, a lot of people did teardowns. Um, I think the my favorite one um, was done by Hugh. Somebody Any, anyway. It's a, uh, I, I say that like uh, he's a not big YouTuber, but he's a lot bigger than we are. Um, but anyway, he uh, he did a great teardown where he tore down both the the well he tore down the iPhone 14, uh, two of them, um, and then he swapped the uh, logic boards from them over to see uh, how repairable these things actually were, and if you're going to get issues by swapping OEM parts with each other. Uh, and it turns out that yes, that is a problem. But um, before we get into the uh, problems, um, the iPhone 14 is actually easier to repair than a lot of the other iPhones out there. So getting the screen off is really easy. 
you pop the screen off and uh, you see two flex connectors. Um, you pop those off, you put the new screen back on. It's, it's really fast. It actually reminds me a lot of a Pixel 2, the Pixel 2 XL. Um, but uh, the, the big change is um, through the front, you, you see like a mid-frame when you pop that screen off. Um, you don't actually have access to like the battery or battery connectors or the camera connectors uh, unless you flip it over and take the rear off. Now that's totally new. We haven't seen that in iPhones at all. So you can actually easily replace the, the rear glass um, on an iPhone 14, which is... I think pretty cool and it looks very uh, repairable. Uh, in fact, iFixit gave it a 7 out of 10 for repairability. Now, we'll talk more on that. Overall? <laughs> overall. Is it? So no, it's just overall the phone. Um, but, but when you look at it and you watch the videos on teardowns, um, the iPhone 14 is extremely modular. Um, and so re replacing parts is easy. There's still lots of screws, so screw management is still important. Um, but it's incredibly modular. And, I, and, and fixing a screen has really never been easier. But there's a big caveat to that. Um, and it's the fact that Apple still serializes their parts. And so um, if you try to uh, take a, if you buy an iPhone 14, for example, you break the screen and you have another iPhone 14 and you take the screen off of that and put it on your iPhone 14. Um, the screen will still turn on, but you lose functionality um, with certain features. So, um, so you might have front camera issues, uh, no face ID, no true tone, uh, auto brightness goes away. Certain features. <laughs> certain features, right. Uh <laughs> Um, if, if you have like cameras and you try to swap the cameras, the cameras aren't going to function properly. Um, it's, uh, it's kind of a, a big deal. Um, and again, this is with an OEM part. This isn't with aftermarket parts. So we don't know what the aftermarket world's going to look like for parts. Um, uh, so if you want to do these repairs, you have to go through the Apple route right now and go through their, their repair program. Um, which we talked about at length in episode one, I believe, where we talked about how ridiculous the Apple Repair Do-It-Yourself program is. But Apple's kind of forcing people to go through that or or go to an Apple store and, and get it fixed there. Um, but everything is serialized, so you're forced to go to Apple, have them run system config, which is um, AST2 in the tech world, if you, if you know anything about that. Um <clears throat> But that serializes the parts uh, so everything works together and everything's copacetic and then everything works after that. And so um, I wanted to talk a, a little bit about um, iFixit and their score, their repairability score. Because I we've talked at length about Apple and and kind of t saying that they're pro repair without actually being pro repair, especially right to repair, right? Um, this isn't any, Apple's not doing anything new here, uh, except tease that the fact that they're that their non repairable phone is repairable, right? <laughs> <laughs> their most uh, repairable phone, right? It's it's ever. they made their most they the Apple's come out and made the most repairable non repairable phone. 
Um, <clears throat> but we've we've already kind of beaten that horse. Um, they're not doing anything new. They're not doing it. In, you know, this, this is this is Apple being Apple. Um, but I did want to touch on iFixit and their seven out of ten repairability score. So I'm a fan of iFixit. Their repair guides I think are very good. Yeah. Um, their toolkits are great. I have two myself. Um, and iFixit has been very pro right to repair. So I, I don't want to poop on iFixit like their entire thing. I am going to disagree with that 7 out of 10 score, though. So I, I get from a physical repair side only that they would call this phone a 7 out of 10 when it comes to repairability. The problem that I have is is Apple forces you to do the software side to get the phone fully functional. And in order to do that, you have to go through Apple channels. And so in in that sense, it's a two out of ten, right, for repairability. So if you take the physical side with the software side and match those scores together, really I fix it should have probably scored repairability like a three. Because the do-it-yourself program isn't worth it. It's it's not a good deal for the consumers unless you are Alaska guy. Alaska man. <laughs> Alaska man or woman. Um, this is for Alaska, you. It's look, Alaska, per, Alaska person on your boat with you know, you can't get to an Apple store because you're fishing, right? This this repair program is for you. But if you're not, um, you know, then you're looking at going to, a, you know, a, an authorized repair place, which there aren't many, um, or going to an Apple store to get your, your phone fixed. Uh, and so Apple is controlling everything, is still controlling everything about that repair. So it's... I I think that they need to reevaluate the grading system when it comes to repairability. Because I I it, it I think that seven out of ten can be misleading if, if I'm looking if if I don't know about AST two and, and, and Apple and whatnot and I go out and, and I see the guide and and I'm like, cool, it's a seven right. out of ten for a repair. I could do it myself. And then I go and I get a screen not knowing works. Right. <laughs> And the first thing I do is I turn the thing on and it's, and it's like, and, and you literally, it just like ding, 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 all errors, right? Uh, cannot confirm, you know, screen is legit. Uh, face ID doesn't work, right? You did everything right, right? True tone isn't working. Um, it doesn't, I have to manually adjust the brightness on the screen now. Um, you know, that to me, when you have all those issues is, is not a seven out of 10. So this is me being nitpicky. I'm being nitpicking and throwing a good company under the bus right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think they need to reevaluate that because at the same time, you know, you, you go and you, you see like a Samsung uh, S10 is like a three out of 10 for repairability, according to iFixit. And I think the S10 is one of the easiest and fastest repairs that does not require any kind of software or anything. And by the just, way, you can get a super cheap aftermarket part. 
of course. <laughs> right. Super cheap aftermarket part. That uh, works um, fine. Yeah, it works. It works fine. There's not most of the components that that you would think you'd have to transfer over to the new device are located on the main board, and so the the main PBA is the Samsung term. Um, but it, it, it's uh, it's very little as far as components that need to be transferred over to the new thing. Um, it, but that that scored a th like a three or a four out of ten, and I'm like. No, that's that's a six or a seven. It's my bread and the, butter, the, right? <laughs> right? And like I could I could fix an, an S ten. Ten minutes. Um, <laughs> ten minutes without, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe fifteen if you include diagnostics heating, and such. heating time. Oh, heating, yeah. Heat, yeah, right. Heating up the device, right? So, uh, um, yeah, I think uh, I, th I think iFix it should reevaluate. Um, their score in their grading system, right? Um, that's that's just uh, my my advice that I fix it. Out, outside of that, though, I fix it, guys. So so in the future, if if someone because we only have like two viewers on this channel, um, <laughs> uh, actually you guys. actually you know in Spotify is like twelve. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I fix it. Uh, love a lot of what you're doing, um, but um, your your grading system, I I think, needs um, to be adjusted. Anyway, um, did you have any thoughts on the iPhone 14 at all? Um, no, I I, th I think we're gonna get to this next, but it's it's the the battery isolation is kind of we can only speculate on this, but it's really interesting because. What we found is that in past, you know, what's the first thing you do when you do a, an iPhone repair or any repair, you want a battery isolate. So you yeah. want to unplug the battery, um, do a power flush. Uh, in the iPhone 14, um, it's not like previous repairs where first thing you do is you see a battery flex and disconnect it. It's not accessible from the screen. So yeah. so what, what, what do you have to do is either either disconnected, uh, either disconnect the screen before the battery, um, or you have to open up the back to get to that battery. So it's kind of interesting. So it's, it's a bit bizarre. So I remember when I first got into the business, um, into cell phones specifically back in 2018, uh, I was, I was told, and, and I saw it happen too. Um, you want to, to disconnect that battery, right? You don't want any kind of power going to any of the components, especially while things are being plugged in or unplugged, um, because you could be sending power to or from something that shouldn't. And so on the sixes and sevens specifically, I'm talking about the iPhone sixes and sevens. Um, it was, it was. I, I don't want to say it's like super common, but it's certainly a thing that if you left the battery plugged in you could blow the backlight controller and so you do a screen re replacement turn on the iphone and like half the screen would be dark or Which the whole screen I, would be ipad dark. pro repairs can be a problem so right and so um the the backlight controller wasn't part of the screen assembly it was the component that was on the main board um so with this iPhone 14, I'm, I'm curious about that, right? Because this 
this really easy look and repair all of a sudden is complicated if you're having to re remove the back first to isolate the battery, flip it over, and, to and then replace the screen. And so it looks like um, on iFixit's guide, at least, they don't have you do that. They just don't, they right. just leave it, it out. So it looks like it's designed that you just do, like, you, you basically hot swap the screens, right? Like you would on a Pixel. Yeah, that's a good example you bring up is the okay. Pixel 6. And so, and, and that leads me to wonder, um, on the Pixel 6, from my experience, not every time, but I have technicians calling me all the time um, saying, you know, oh, I've done this repair, it's not displaying. And mm -hmm. from experience, I know that um, it's because what, what needs to be done is just a, a simple power flush. And so you disconnect yeah. the battery, power flush it, and it and displays again. So I wonder if it, we're going to run into those things for the iPhone 14. So time will that, that is probably good advice for anyone who listens to this or watches this in the future. If you're doing an iPhone 14 repair, screen repair, um, and the screen doesn't turn on right away. We'll see. The new screen. Yeah. Um, might need to take off the back, you, maybe. You might. You might uh, yeah. Uh, either attempt a, a, a hard reboot um, or disconnect maybe. the battery and reconnect it. Um, this this also makes me think that maybe they moved the backlight controller to the screen Could assembly, be. right? Um, which is a possibility. I, I don't know. But, like, the that was, like, the my first reaction to watching the teardown video um, when I saw them pop off the screen was I saw that mid frame and I was like, I was like, holy crap, that looks like a pixel. And I was like, where's the battery connector? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, right. it's on the, you have to flip the phone over and it's on the other side. It, it looks re remarkably like a pixel. Um, well, the pixel if, you, you, if, you if the Apple frame, right? is, is a, is a what? The, you go through the mid frame on the, the six, right? So, so um, but... yeah, you, you, you yeah, you go through the mid-frame. Right. So. Um, so it's different in, in that respect. But, yeah, if if uh, if Google decided for their Pixels they that they wanted an Apple engineer to design it, like, that's... <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, it, it really does... It almost looks like a Google person came over to Apple and designed the, the iPhone 14. It could be. <laughs> um, yeah. the, the difference, though, is... Uh, the iPhone 14 still looks like Apple modular. Like everything looks and is laid yeah. out like it makes sense. It Unlike nice. a Pixel yep. device where it's just a mess once you get past that mid. It looks nicer like, actually on oh, the 14. You were mentioning right that yeah, it's uh, looks like it's all right there. <clears throat> yeah. So one bracket, um, just one. Yeah. Um, I think that's all that I got from. Ooh. From Pixel 14. Right. Are you looking something up? Yeah, no, that's it. I think for the 14, um, it's, uh, we were talking about news, though, and we definitely want to, we have some more news we want to talk yep. about. Yep, more news. So, away from Apple, but a good segue um, into this next topic. So, this week, earlier this week, I think on Monday, um, Mobile Centrics. Uh, announced that they are acquiring Mobile Defenders. So for anyone who doesn't know anything about those two companies, those are two big companies in the third-party repair world for cell phones. Um, big, big ones. Um, and um, it's interesting what this means for third-party repair going forward. So uh, Mobile Centrics is a pretty big company. Um, I've toured their 
their facility before i've met their owners um on a couple of occasions um uh sod and and wakas great guys super smart guys um uh they uh have really focused on quality aftermarket parts at reasonable prices with great warranties that's and 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 they've done a great job at 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 the service the customer service side so their relationships with the third-party network is top-notch it's excellent um they have great relationships with um you know your small mom and pop shops to um you know the you break i fix slash assurions of the world um you know at summit uh last year you know they're one of the vendors that that came out for that um so they're they're a big deal in this world uh mobile defenders isn't as big but um and they hammered on this really hard during their announcement uh mobile defenders is a big oem part supplier they have um really good relationships with major oems so we're talking one plus we're talking um motorola so motorola um they have some sort of relationship with Apple. Um, they have some sort of relationship with Samsung as well. Basically, if all the all the big players, um, including Huawei, I think. Anyway, um, uh, but all the the big manufacturers, um, Mobile Defenders has an in with them in one way or another. <clears throat> so this is really curious um, as we have. You know, we talked about Apple, we talked about OEM parts, and if you're not using, you know, their system configurator, um, you're going to lose features, right? Even with OEM parts, um, let alone aftermarket parts. So I'm, I'm curious about this Mobile Centrics, Mobile Defenders uh, combining. Um, is, is Mobile Centrics kind of reading the writing on the wall right now and they're saying you know what we need access to oem parts because um because aftermarket parts just aren't going to exist for apple products or are they thinking that other manufacturers are going to follow apple and start uh serializing parts and making it so you can't use any kind of aftermarket part on your Samsung or on your OnePlus or Google device. Um, and our, you, you know, so um, I, it's, it's very interesting. I don't know if this, I, I'm trying to think of how this looks and whether or not all of a sudden, you know, right to repair is going to go through and what, what is this saying about right to repair and the movement? Um, you know, are, are we gaining ground? Are we losing ground? Um, because because both companies are ran by really smart people. Really smart people. Yep. Right? Some of the smartest people I've ever met. Um, what What is the, the five and ten year plan here? Right? What, what, are, what are they... I, I would love to have a conversation with them. Um, 
I'd love to get the money. Let's get this channel big enough and and try to attract <laughs> Asad or, or Wakas uh, on well, the channel to have this kind of conversation with them. I I want to see what what they see the next five to ten years is going to look like in, in the aftermarket world and yeah. third party repair in general. What are, what are they seeing? Um, because this uh, I understand how this um, acquisition benefits both companies, right? You, you take the giant third-party network that um, and that relationship that MobileCentrics has built with the customer service that they have and the relationships that they have with third-party, and now you add in OEM parts and that relationship that Mobile Defenders has with, with OEM, right? It, that totally makes sense. So so there's a lot of that that makes sense that they're, you know, they're, they're merging the best of what both companies do together. Um, <clears throat> so I, I get why both companies would want to do this and how they're going to benefit from it. Um, but what that means for, for third-party repair going forward and what that's going to look like and how it's going to impact consumers later with pricing. And I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah, curious. Speculation. I don't know. What, what do you think? Yeah, it's uh, all speculative, but it's a little yeah. frightening. <laughs> It, yeah a little bit yeah it uh if you're looking to to get into this business as a owner of your own mom and pop shop it's uh <laughs> it, it, it's kind of scary because because uh um you know i watch uh like lewis rossman and i follow right to repair and and you know it, a lot of times it looks like uh you know we're making headway with right to repair um but then i then uh, I see deals like this and look at what Apple's doing with their, with the iPhone 14. And I'm just like, my head just goes swimming and, uh, yeah, it makes me paranoid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the last thing that, that we have is not cell phone, um, not cell phone related at all. Uh, but it's still big news in the tech world. Um, it, it, it kind of impacts me because, uh, I've said before that, um, yeah, I used to work on, com that I, I still work on computers, but I, I have a big background in building and repairing computers. So this is, uh, computer news. Uh, and I just wanted to, to, I guess, voice my opinion on it because it's a big topic the last week or so. Um, so NVIDIA has had a big month, um, they uh, <clears throat> they announced the 4000 series GPUs, um, and then shortly after that, um, one of their major partners broke up with them, <laughs> and uh, in uh, interesting fashion, um, like a like an ex posting a really nasty <laughs> Facebook post. <laughs> uh so uh um so nvidia launches the the 4000 series uh everything looks really cool as far as the the performance levels and whatnot um i'm interested to seeing what uh what the actual you know performance difference is going to be between you know the real world you know numbers uh, i don't have any of that information here um they they announced three cards a uh uh, 4090, a uh, 4080, um, 
and then another 4080 that isn't a 4080 it's more like a 4070 but their marketing team is you know trying to sneak things past people um uh, I'm skipping the 4000 series, by the way. I have a 30, 3080 Ti in my build right now. And um, the next build that I do is going to be a full build. And it's uh, it's going to have, um, you know, we're, we're in a generational shift right now. Um, so for, for CPUs and everything, and, you know, these 4000 series GPUs are so power hungry that you need to upgrade, you know, power supplies and get special power supplies for them. Um but anyway, that I, I digress. Um, uh, the, the other big news from NVIDIA is uh, they broke up with EVGA, uh, which is a, a major graphics card maker. At least they used to be. Not anymore. They've dropped GPU making completely. Um, but one of the reasons that... So they've, they invited all the, you know, big media, um, you know, people to like a... Um, like this kind of closeted press conference kind of thing. Um, a lot of uh, YouTube personalities. Um, I didn't get the invite. Don't know why. Probably because we have two viewers. But um, <laughs> twelve, on <laughs> twelve, twelve on Spotify. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what EVH do and not inviting me, but or us. <laughs> um, but <laughs> uh, but so so EVGA comes out, and not only do they say that, hey. Um, we're, we're dropping GPUs. They specified a lack of respect. And that apparently that's like a verbatim lack of respect from NVIDIA. Um, this is not the first time that we've heard that NVIDIA is kind of a crazy partner to work with. Um, that's been kind of in the, the industry. That's like a worst kept, kept secret. Uh, but that's that's a very public thing to come out and say to a bunch of media people is that, you know, we feel disrespected by NVIDIA, so screw it. We're not going to make graphics cards anymore, even though graphics cards are, are 80% of our total revenue as a company. 80%? They're dropping them like a bad habit. <laughs> uh, and, and that's crazy news. And the kind of the reason why I... Uh, I bring this up in relation to everything else that we talked about is, is I really feel like NVIDIA is trying to be the next Apple. So NVIDIA is a, they're a kind of a control freak company. Um, I remember when I worked for Best Buy and a, over a decade ago, um, when Best Buy first started selling Apple products, uh, it was a big deal but Apple maintained control and they were very in control of how their products were even presented in stores, right? To the point where, um, you know, your, your MacBooks could not sit on the same shelf as a Dell, a lowly Dell, right? A lowly Toshiba, a lowly HP. They were not going to have that. No. Uh, we had to have a special table with a special presentation uh, for specifically Apple products, um, you know, MacBooks and iPads. Um, even the accessories had like their own special section. You couldn't put 
Apple adapters, you know, like DVI adapters mixed in with PC DVI adapters, even though they're basically the same thing. You had to you had to separate uh, Apple. I don't really I don't have a problem with that. I'm not going to poop on Apple for that. Um, I because they're very much about brand recognition and image, and that's okay. You know, um, you know if you if you feel like you're selling a premium product. You know, if that's that's fine. There's, you know, I I would imagine that, um, you know, Lamborghini is not going to sell out of the same dealership as Ford, <laughs> <laughs> right? Even even if a Ford dealership owner has a bunch of money and they want to add Lamborghinis to their lot, like Lamborghini's not going to do that. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, you know, it's you know, I you, I want the GK brand. You know, it's something that we own <laughs> uh, to look good. <clears throat> and there are plenty of companies that I wouldn't want GK associated with. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> There's <laughs> so I I understand the importance of brand image, but I bring that up because um, you know Apple would would send people so so everything had to be different about Apple even. Uh, they wanted us to have specialized salespeople and they could not wear Best Buy clothing <laughs> or name badges. They had to, yeah, they had a specific attire that they were supposed to wear with a, with a Apple, like a, with a name badge that was like Apple specialist and it, it didn't say Best Buy on it. Right. So, <laughs> so it was, it was funny that, that Apple, thought so much of Best Buy that they wanted really nothing to do with Best Buy image around their products, <laughs> even though people had to come into Best Buy to see it. It was, it was a bit bizarre, but I, but I, I bring this up because, because Apple also kind of notoriously has been at times a difficult partner to work with. Um, now you can make relationships like that work. I know Best Buy has. Best Buy still sells Apple products. Um, what I'm getting at, though, with NVIDIA is NVIDIA is not Apple. They're not. Uh, and and they don't have that same reputation as Apple does. Their, their products aren't um, they aren't flashy like an Apple product is. And I'm not saying Apple is offering necessarily like better products. That has nothing to do with that. I'm just talking about image and reputation right now. Um, and it really seems like NVIDIA is doing a really good job at burning bridges in a way that maybe they can't afford compared to like Apple probably could. Um, you probably don't have an opinion because you don't follow any of that stuff. No, but it's very interesting. <laughs> I I just uh, I just I, I wanted to bring it up and, and kind of spill and, and give my opinion on it, just because I I thought it was so bizarre that if, that EVGA would come out and totally take a dump on Nvidia completely. Like I said, like it, like it, like an ex um, blasting someone on Facebook. It was, um, you, you, you don't usually see that from a company, right? Even as, you know, companies separate and terminate partnerships, um, you know, usually in a press release, they're just like, oh, we're, we're going to go focus on something else, right? You know, GPUs, um, 
you know, arts, you know, they're 80% of our revenue, but they're only 1% of our, of our profit margin. And we're going to go do something else and, and good luck to, good luck to NVIDIA. Um, but, uh, they, they didn't do that at all. They're just like, uh, NVIDIA sucks and, and we feel disrespected. Um, we, we hate that, that they're undercutting, uh, our pricing on stuff. Uh, forcing us to follow certain pricings and, you know, for, for launches, you know, we're getting information, um, you know, we're trying to build their graphics cards for them and, you know, and media guys are getting information before we are. And how can we build something when, you know, Joe Schmo YouTuber has more information on my product than, <laughs> or on NVIDIA's product than, than we do. Um, there was a case where, uh, uh, NVIDIA had sent out, uh, like, um, their Founders Edition cards to, uh, certain, um, media personalities and, uh, you know, gave them, you know, of course, a, a like a driver, uh, to, to, you know, use for their, for their graphics cards. Um, but they weren't giving drivers to the, to the makers of their cards, right? The, the AIVs out there. Um, and so you had, uh, you know, EVGAs and, and MSIs potentially reading at, reaching out to, to your, your YouTubers to see if they could get a driver so they could build cards for NVIDIA to sell, right? It's it totally very bizarre, very bizarre relationship that NVIDIA has with its partners. Um, I, I have an NVIDIA card in my, in my system right now. Just like I have an iPhone right now, and um, I think that they make really good products, but man, it, it it almost pains me to buy these products because of some of the decision making that goes up top. Kind of makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I I hope you got a kick out of that, Brandon. I hope, yeah, I hope, for uh, sure. <laughs> it's yeah, a good analogy. I, yeah. I, <laughs> I like so, a good allegory of a of a <clears throat> two stories. So, yeah. So, um, but it, you got anything else to, to add? Any newsworthy things that you want to share? Or? That's it for today. But uh, this has been great. Uh, we appreciate you guys watching. Would love any interaction, uh, any uh, comments or or likes. Uh, appreciate that. And yeah. uh, let us know if you want us to put put something out there, in particular. Yeah. And again, uh, watch us on YouTube. Um, you can watch us on Spotify or listen to us on Spotify. Um, or you can listen to us on Apple Music. Uh, I'm sorry, Apple Podcasts or Amazon. I'm Brandon, I'm still, I don't know where I am. Mariners are in the playoffs. Let's go. <laughs> go Mariners. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.